Not enough mics, you yeah. son of a bitch. Not enough, Mike. Not enough, Mike. Not enough, Mike. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan. No, it's your family scene. Not enough, Mike. 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 There's at least one too many. Thanks, Nick. And thanks to all my friends who uh, helped me create this, uh, the new intro. I love it. I don't, I'm not going to name them all right now because I don't want to forget anybody, but uh, I bugged about 10, 15 of them just to send me a little clip. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just send me a clip. And that's what they did. And that's what we created. So I love it. Um, Mike Stevenson here with Not Enough Mike's podcast. So thank you. If you're new here, listener, I appreciate you joining the show and if you've returned thank you as well thank you to both of you to all of you who listen um i just just finished recording a podcast with uh two artists from nashville not from nashville montreal and chicago but they're living in nashville now wesley snyder an incredible drummer as well as manny bloom a country music artist um, I had met them while I was driving their tour bus uh, across the country. Yes, I drove a tour bus across the country. I like to keep it interesting, guys. And uh, for those of you who know me, you're like, oh, yeah, Mike was driving a tour bus across the country. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, but they're also probably going, what the hell is Mike doing now? So I like to keep it interesting. Um, so that was a blast. And I'm not taking anything away from any of my other guests or interviews that I've done, or more so chats. I like to call them chats. But uh, this one was, uh, they're all a ton of fun. But this one was it was really good. Had a really good flow, a lot of good laughs. Five things I want to talk about, though. First, very important. As you, again, as you may or may not know, I am a fan of Boston Creams, okay? I love Boston Creams. It's something just about... It's just the way, just the way they're made, you know, any time of day, you know, they're a little bit better when they're freshly baked, but even if you get them about three hours after they've kind of settled and it's just, it's just a nice concoction of perfectness. But now Tim Hortons has now made the Boston cream, the OG of donuts, specialty donut. Now, if you were to ask a hundred people, What's the first donut that comes to mind when you think about Tim Hortons? I'm guessing probably 70% of the people would say Boston cream. Not all of them, but I think 70%. Now, what else is on there? The Rushmore, we could call it, of Tim Hortons donuts. I'm going to say the apple fritter gets a, gets, gets a number of mentions. I'm going to say the chocolate dip or double chocolate. We can maybe put those in the same category. They're not the same, but um, vanilla dip. I say that one sour cream glazed. I'm probably forgetting some, but those are the Rushmore of Tim Hortons donuts, but they're making the Boston cream, a specialty donut now, which in turn means that they can charge extra. They've can, they've tried to convince us that they're not convincing me though. Turning the Boston cream into a specialty donut is like turning bar rail drinks into specialty drinks. Hey, I'll have a Smirnoff and water, please. Yeah, that'll be 12 bucks. Huh? What? I'll have a, uh, I'll have a whiskey and, and ginger ale. Yeah, no problem. $11. Huh? 
and they've made the donut smaller. Now they say they're adding extra cream. Well, you should have had that to begin with because I've had a few Boston creams or there really isn't too much cream in there, but they've made them smaller. It's just like now, yeah, I'm going to make a vodka water uh, specialty drink, but I'm going to give you less booze and more water. Thanks. Say, hey, 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 you guys. Hey, Tim Hortons. Hey, hey, bartender. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for big favor. So Tim Hortons going downhill. Now it's very Canadian. It's very Canadiana to go and get your Tim's, go to the drive through drive through parlays coming up in about a month as well. Very disappointing. If you listen to my podcast with Dan O'Toole, he talks about it as well. Tim Hortons going downhill. You have bowls. You have rice bowls now, really? Tim Hortons, you have rice bowls? Stay in your lane. Stick to what you do well, and that's donuts. And don't charge us extra for the OG donuts while telling us they're a specialty when they've been around forever. It grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? That Lindsay Lohan. Number two. I've been very outspoken about the WNBA, okay? I've been very outspoken about the CFL and why the CFL didn't join the XFL, who the new owner is none other than The Rock. And The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, anything that he touches, well, guess what? It turns into gold. So I've been very outspoken against the CFL for hanging on to their three downs and not wanting to be that much more successful. Now I get it. You know, there's something to be said about tradition and history of the league. Yeah, I can appreciate that. But if I ask, again, we'll go 100 people. Do you watch that enjoy football? Do you watch the NFL? Majority of them will say yes. Do you watch the CFL? Not a lot of them. Like my buddies, for instance. All of us enjoy watching football. And none of us really watch the CFL. Why? It's boring. And the quality is just not there. And I, you know, you don't want to say it sucks, but it's just not very good. Now, when we say that, when we say a sport sucks or we say an athlete sucks, we're not saying that they suck, okay? We're not saying that they suck. If When we say an athlete sucks, they could run circles around all of us, okay? When you say a team sucks, you're not saying that their team actually sucks. We're comparing them against their peers, okay? So let's get that out of the way. The CFL sucks. It doesn't suck. It's a couple tiers below the nfl but guess what the nfl is by far superior it's the best league almost some would say in the world so there's only so much time that fans have to listen sorry watch listen i guess over the radio so when we talk about the WNBA, the WNBA, as far as if you're a basketball fan and you want to watch basketball well you're going to watch a lot more of a variety until you get to the NBA. What are you going to watch first? You're going to watch the NBA. You're going to watch the G League before that. You're going to watch college basketball that's maybe even more popular at certain times of the year than the NBA. Maybe even ultimately more popular. It doesn't make nearly as much money. Um, But college basketball is a powerhouse. You have high school basketball on now. You have the the G League, which which is very popular. You have the Summer League. There's a lot of outlets for us to watch. And then not only that, but you're watching highlights on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, whatever it might be. So there's probably, and again, when I say the WNBA is terrible, those girls, women could 
run circles around me. I played college basketball and I was decent. But those girls, all of them, could kick my ass right now, okay? They could kick anybody's ass around my age or even younger that I know of. But as far as basketball prowess and compared to what we have to watch, it's easily on the lowest. It's the lowest 5%. So when people complain as to why do they don't make more money? Why does nobody watch? Well, guess what? Money comes from television and people sitting their ass in the seats. Guess what? Not a lot of eyeballs on the WNBA. Which leads me to Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner is a WNBA player who's playing over in Russia. Guess what Brittany Griner did while there was a war in Russia against Ukraine? She brought weed over the border. Not very smart. I remember before weed was even legal in Canada, I w- if I'm even flying Toronto to Ottawa, guess what I'm doing? I'm going through every crevice of my coat, of my bag. I'm going through everything to make sure I don't have any weed on me, anything. If I'm flying Toronto to Vancouver, I'm doing the same thing. Why? Because I'm frightened that I'm going to get in trouble. I'd never do it. Never do it. If you're, if you're to do it, you're crazy. But you, you know, if you choose to do it, you're taking that risk. If you choose to do it in Canada, you're getting a lot of trouble. Now, mind you, when you're doing that in Russia, you're insane. You're absolutely insane. I don't know if it's just something that she, she missed. Um, sounds like she forgot it. I don't think she did. I think she brought it over and was hoping that because she's Brittany Griner, she and the biggest basketball star there, that she would just be able to pass through the line. Guess what? She didn't. Guess what? Today was sentenced to nine years in jail, in Russian jail. Not the Holiday Inn. Not the Fairmont Hotel. Russian jail. No thanks. And a lot of the arguments were just saying, why does Brittany Griner have to go all the way to Russia to play basketball to make money? Well, guess what? That's what you have to do. You know how many hockey player friends that I have that have got, had to go down south into the States and play at the shittiest barns making no money? Or friends that had to go over to Europe, play in Latvia, Eastern Europe, play professional over there, Korea, China. I have tons of friends who have done that. And Why? Because they want to play pro. And guess what? Some of them are making really good money, but some of them are, are not making that great of money. Why do they do it? Because they love it. And it's an opportunity. And they may only get 300 fans in the rink. They may only get 1000 bucks a game. Guess what? That's why. There's nobody watching that on television. There's nobody sitting in the seats. So they're making what people want to see. So the equation of how people try to come to the realization that people should make the same amount of money because they play a sport is absolutely baffling to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. The NBA since inception, which is 25 years has lost an average, an average of $10 million a year, 10 million losing. So if you think of any type of business model, NBA, NFL, whatever, it could be Labatt. If you're in business for 10 year, or for 25 years and you lose an average of $10 million a year, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fold. Why? Because clearly you don't know what you're doing or the product just isn't that good. So think about that. 25 years, that's a quarter of a billion dollars that they've lost. So I digress. The money doesn't come from anywhere. The money comes from the product that people want to watch. 
Don't force it down our throat. CFL. CFL players don't deserve to make what NFL players do. Korean hockey players from Mississauga don't deserve to play to make as much as NHL guys do. I don't care if you're a man, woman, whatever you are. Do the math. Number three, Blue Jays. Blue Jays are doing well. I don't really follow too closely. I know what's going on. Keep a track of the record. I, you know, I try and watch as many games as possible. Sounds like watching Arash Madani there on Sportsnet, former Not Enough Mike's podcast guest. What up, Arash? He was. He didn't seem too happy with the moves they made. So I don't know what's going on. I think that with our odds, I think we're plus. What are we? Plus eight hundred to win the World Series. I think we're ranked around six. I think we still have a legitimate shot to get into October. But even if we can get to late September, that would be great. Because there's nothing like a run in Canada for the Blue Jays. Everybody just gets so pumped. And that's like any sport. You know, you saw the Raptors when they made their deep run. We saw the Leafs. We didn't see. We haven't seen the Leafs do do much. But uh, we've seen it happen. And when they, like the bat flip, like Batista, like everybody was talking about that. And the beauty of it, there's no other sports going on. Um, so everybody really rallies around it. And I think baseball, you know, though it's what's different from baseball to any other sport, even though it's lost a lot of its popularity, um, everybody is a fan. Old, young, new, whatever it might be. And that's, uh, it's very exciting to get around. So fingers crossed that we can make a run. Our pitching holds up because we know our bats can and just that uh, the guys stay loose. Um, number four, <laughs> if you're going to go to a wedding, try your pants on before. I had a custom suit made from my one of my best buddies, uh, Mac, for his wedding that I was the best man at. Probably call it five years ago now. Hadn't worn the suit since. I'm just like, no, I haven't gained that much weight. But I had it taken out, um, my, the waist out about an inch and a half. And about an hour before we are getting ready to go to the wedding, I, <laughs> I put my pants on just to struggle. Like just an absolute struggle. I'm Johnny. I'm just Johnny straight legs. But I couldn't do anything. I had the suit. I had it all picked you know, set out, couldn't do anything. So I'm driving to the venue and, you know, buttons <laughs> zippered down while I'm driving there. I do the untuck in the shirt and, uh, yeah, probably about half hour in, I had about five people go, how tight are your pants, Mike? So that was good. And without, uh, I went the whole time without splitting my butt. So that was good. Lastly, five, right before we get into this Manny Blue, Wesley Snyder, my still fresh Wesley Snyder podcast. If you want, if you know anybody that's struggling with any type of mental health uh, lately, I, you know, listen to this podcast. Listen to my last podcast that I released. It's just 20 minutes long. And uh, I had a friend message me, um, not to sound too down or too extreme here, but he was almost going to kill himself. Thank God he didn't. And uh, it just you know, men's mental health, everybody's mental health, but especially men's mental health. We're a bunch of donkeys and we don't know how to talk about it. Uh, it's not necessarily our fault. It's just, you know, the way society and nature is. But um, I've been around this. I've had a lot of conversations about it. I'm no expert, but uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I've, uh, I've been surrounded um, by this type of thing. So I know it's hard for people. And when we talk about mental health, there's no real definition as to what it is. But 
what I provided there was maybe um, some questions and some different types of approaches. Um, if you know anybody that's struggling and what might, uh, so to speak, break the ice um, to have those conversations and to further the conversation. So it may or may not be helpful, but uh, if you do know anybody struggling, um, reach out, even say hi, ask them if they're okay. But I think if you listen just to that 20 minutes, um, it might be helpful. Maybe not, but uh, I think it will be. Without further ado, though, we are going to get into this interview, chat, interview, you know what I like to call them. I like to call them chats. Um, Again, I appreciate all of you listening. I really do. I love doing this so much. And again, if you're new, thank you so much for listening. These guys that I'm talking to, uh, you can just tell that their energy is contagious. They're great musicians um, and they're in a lane of their own. So, and they're just up and coming and uh, the future is bright. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy and uh, we'll be chatting with you soon. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Not enough mics, you son of a bitch. How's that? There's that. We're good. We're good. That's cool. Sounding great. Hey, there we go. There we go. So where? So you guys are down in Nashville. You guys down in like are you at your place right now? Or are you? Yeah. 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 My my apartment. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Uh, what's you know whereabouts? Whereabouts? I've never been down to Nashville. I've never been down. You, so got you, it? Guys, you guys like close to like like the downtown area or? Yeah, I'm pretty close to downtown. Um. We got the stand amphitheater, if anybody like. Um, so that that's a kind of a, a point of reference. But um, what's the address? Just yeah, give me the I mean, just give me the, the exact Broadway. address and <laughs> just yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I can walk to Broadway in fifteen minutes, which okay. is which is cool. Which is yeah, he's um, right there. Yeah, right it's like far the enough. I don't hear all the chaos during the weekend, but it's also close enough that when he's playing or when my buddy Blaine's playing, we get the I can walk down there and it's cool. Far enough that uh, you can get away from it, but close enough that you can get into it. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's, hey, that's a, my design, baby. <laughs> yeah, that that might be that might be good for a t-shirt or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, so I'll give a little background. And first and foremost, thanks uh, thanks for taking the time to to hop oh, yeah. on and hop on the podcast. It's nice to see you guys. Um, Hell yeah, great to see you, man. Yeah, likewise. So I guess a little. Uh, a little background is I started driving bus um, and ended up picking you guys up. You guys were, you guys were in Newfoundland, right? Uh, it I don't was, remember. It was Newfoundland. And then I picked you guys up at the Halifax airport and I was your third bus driver. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was at the airport. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So you guys, yeah. are, so you, I think you had somebody else and then you had bud and then, uh, yeah. and then, and then you had me. So honest question, right. honest question. I know Bud's a, I know Bud's a legend. Uh, out of the three, where was I at? No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer. Uh, so they no, are. out of out of the three, the vibes were. I mean, I mean, obviously, Bud being the legend, but Bud is in his his own <laughs> world. But but you were you were a vibe so. Completely. Why don't Absolutely. we put you and Bud tied for one, That's... and we'll put the first bus driver fourth place? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even. He doesn't even make the podium of three. Eh? Dude. Uh... <laughs> okay. We were four days in. Four days. He lasted four days. I don't know what happened in four days, but yeah, I yeah. I was. Uh, I heard he he hung his underwear up right on the front there. Did you see uh... that? Did you guys see that? 
No, no but that... I wouldn't put it past them. I saw a pair of pants, but I don't. I didn't think I saw underwear. Yeah, <laughs> just, I think that's. I think if there's like a 101 bus driver thing, you don't put your getch up on the front of the bus where no. everybody's driving. Probably Let's not, not do that. Let's yeah. not do that. Probably. Yeah, not. I don't put my. I didn't. Or put, just any. Bus driver or any human in general probably don't just leave your shit up like that <laughs> in the middle of where everyone's coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one thing I noticed about you guys right away is, you know, I was nervous. And I got to be perfectly honest, that was the first time I ever driven a bus. Really? No way. Can you believe that? I don't know if that makes you feel, no. feel no. unsafe, but uh, I've driven transport trucks and cement trucks and whatnot. First time I'd ever driven a bus. I felt pretty confident doing it. But when I first saw you guys at the Halifax airport, I was like, fuck, I am nervous. But you guys right away, you guys right away, you guys were just like, you cut the tension right in half. You guys were so friendly when I met you. And I was like, God, I like these guys, man. I like these guys. This is going to be a great yeah, time. Yeah. See, we, we got to hang, like, we got to hang all together, you know, for X number of days, you know, in that tight environment. There's no reason to not kick it off kind of friendly and, and you know, be, be cool about it. So, yeah. Yeah, completely. It was, and, and, and again, like to when you said a second ago that that was your first time, I had no idea. <laughs> That's no, good. That was my first time in a bus. So being in the bunk and the first guy, I asked him, I go one night just, or one day just making a uh, conversation. I'm like, how's it going, man? I'm just trying to get used to these nights, man. And I'm like, oh, well, I sure hope yeah. so. Because, and, uh, and then, you know, Bud is, Bud was the captain of the ship for sure. But then when you jumped aboard, it was like, it was definitely cool. And it was just like, dude, you're the man. He yeah. also had a, Le- cool. a Labatt 50 hat. That's right. Which was like, here we go. That's Enjoy right. You know, I gave, I gave away that hat. Cause when we were in Quebec city, there was a, like this French Labatt 50 guy that he was playing a live, he was playing a live show. And I ended up giving it to him for what, for whatever reason. It may have been that's the nice uh, of you. That's, that's, I would like that. It may have been the really good French Quebec City weed. I never knew it was that great, but uh, I was, <laughs> I, was feel, I was feeling good. I had a couple snacks, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then that was that. So um, yeah, and Bud's. A- we played a show in in uh, North Carolina, and a girl brought me a, a a tiny rubber ducky, which I I have no idea what that was for, but I would have preferred to love that. 50 hat <laughs> I, think, I think it's good you know i i ended up having about 20 of those and i have one left i have one left and it's still got the sticker on it and it's still uh it's still staying the same so that's good fashion but you guys have fashion you guys are you are you both both from montreal i'm from chicago chicago oh you're chicago okay okay chicago born and raised and then like i moved to Nashville like three about three years ago yeah coming up on and then we met like uh over a year now, May May of twenty twenty one, yeah, and then okay. we've been hanging out ever since. Yeah, just instant uh, instant BFFs. Yes, instant BFFs. Yeah, hundred percent. He was playing drums with a guy. We were doing a single release party, and um, I was playing, and we invited a guy, Johnny Gates, and Wes was playing with Johnny. Uh, Johnny loved the country punk thing and thought it was a, a cool concept, and said, "Hey, let's grab beer." So he brought Wes <clears throat> right away. We started vibing, um, and then uh, we just kept running into each other out and about in Nashville, and then we started planning to drink together, and then we became boys, and 
we needed him for a gig and he never left. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good, man. That's good. It's nice to like, when you, when you just meet with like some of your buddies and it's just like, it's that instant click. I know I've traveled around quite a bit and it's just nice when you just jive with them. And, uh, yeah. it's good. Cause I could tell that I could tell that right away. You guys were, you guys were together all the time having a good time. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Absolutely. That was the whole point too, just to come out and like have a good time and, you know, to make the friends we made and to be hanging with the people and just trying to connect, you know, it's not difficult to make friends. It's just like, you just vibe out. So it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy. I was going to say too, uh, Manny is, uh, like Montreal fashion. You guys can get away with anything. Like you guys, there's just, it's something always cooler as from Montreal, everybody, especially the women. Like I, I, I've traveled around quite a bit, and I think the, the women are yeah. the most beautiful women in the world. But French fashion, it's just you guys are just like, you guys are on a, on a different level, and you always just look cooler than everybody else. I think there's... Uh... No offense, Chicago. Yeah. Wes, you're, looking, you're always looking fresh <laughs> no too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's, it comes with, uh, and, and, and I think it just comes with like, confidence yep 100 percent. maybe a little bit of delusion um Beck as a province <laughs> thinks they're better than everyone as a start so Je I think wears, yeah yeah exactly i think i think everyone just thinks that uh they can wear whatever they want and they can pull it off because they're just better i guess yeah um i don't subscribe to that 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 theory which is why i moved down to nashville but um yeah, well, that's, that, might be, that, that might be why, and that's true. And then when you're surrounded by it, um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit easier. But you do, you gotta, you kind of, you gotta wear. If you're gonna wear some, 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 quote unquote, different things or, or new things, you, you gotta have that swag. Yeah. You gotta have that swag about it. Um, Wes, you said being on the bus so that was the what, that was the first time uh, for you traveling yeah. around like that. Was that was that was was that the first time for you, Manny? Or you had you done that before? I did. Um... I went on the road with George Canyon in 2019. Okay. And we had the exact same bus that we had. Um, oh, really? Out of, yeah, out of the four that were, I mean, I know James Parker had their own. So out of the four that we could have been on, uh, that was the exact same bus we had in 2019, which is hilarious. Really? Same bunk? Did you, get the, did you rock the same bunk? Or did you uh, I was on the same side. I was, I was the, the junk bunk that we had just above my bunk was, uh, was my bunk last time. Junk bunk. Now, Wes, you play drums. Yeah. Has he put his junk on your drum set at all? Being BFFs and whatnot? Like, is there? I sure hope not. But if he did, but if he he'll never know. He'll never, he'll never know. Hey, this has got to be done. Now, again, you guys come across and, and are, uh, like I said, when I first met you, you came across as really nice guys. And, you know, I don't pretend to know you, but having, you know, spent that three weeks with you um yeah really nice people but you're a you were a fighter before man so i was reading your yeah. bio i was looking on i was looking online you tore your quadricep and it's always those sneaky nice guys who you got to be scared of right like and if i have a, I have, a <laughs> yeah. I have a few buddies that you know if you look at them you know you wouldn't think that they're you know not tough i guess but like some of them are killers like some of them are absolute killers so you got a background in in mma Give me a little, give me a little bit of background of that. I guess the genesis of like how that started and, and then up leading up until your injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I was playing competitive sports. I played hockey, soccer. I was a kicker in football. Um, and uh, I realized, you know, I had a lot of buddies who want to play college hockey. Yeah. I realized 
that wasn't really in the cards for me. Um, and I had a buddy who me neither was doing <laughs> join the club. Um, I had a buddy who was uh, doing karate, and was and it was George St. Pierre's trainer was running Saturday morning classes and said, "You got to come to these classes. It's really cool." And we were we'd watch the UFC and thought it was really cool. And and as I started getting into it, I was like, "Well, I don't want to do karate, but I'll, I will." MMA. He's like, well, no, just start with karate, get a base. I'm like, nah, I'll just, I'll just start with what I want to do. And so, luckily, my mom knew a trainer who would train MMA fighters. She was a strength, strength trainer, like conditioning, and um, called him and said, hey, man, I want to, I want to fight. I want to do MMA. My goal is to like actually fight pro. Um, you know, I, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how this, you know, how to go about it. And he said, "Well, come down to the gym. I've got a, I've got a fighter who um, is a great trainer." So I was 16. I went down to the, his gym, started hitting pads with with my who was my trainer for four years, Nordine Taleb, who fought in the UFC, um, and uh, and that was it. And he said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna." There's this, there's this idea of like six months or a year when you're doing it, where you think you're invincible. You don't realize that it's just pads and bags at that time. So you think, wow, I'm so good. I, you know, there's nothing anybody can do until you get hit. So he's like, I'm not having you spar till at least, you know, your reaction time's good. You're, you know, you know how to, you know how to handle yourself, whether you're overmatched or not to, you know, abuse a, a, a sparring partner. Cause then you never want to be that guy in the gym either. Um, so you have to understand the concepts and, and how it all goes about. So I didn't spar till two years in, which felt like forever. And then I, uh, yes, and then once we started doing that, I didn't fight till four years in. Wow. Um, and I ended up taking a amateur, it was actually an amateur Muay Thai fight. Um, and, uh, ended up winning. So retired undefeated, one to know. Retired one to know. One to know, baby. I and love so it. That, and, and a lot of guys from the gym had been there. There was some guys that were fighting that I had been sparring with who, you know, it's, uh, it's like a community all support each other. And, mm. Uh, they were saying there was a fight of the night. They thought it was it was absolutely awesome. My parents, the, the crazy thing um, is that, you know, when you play hockey growing up, your parents come watch the practices. They can, you know, come see it and yeah. see how you're doing or whatever. MMA is not like that. You can't sit in the grandstands and, and watch a sparring or anything. So um, for four years, I just, my parents knew I was doing it. They knew my, my plan was but to fight, but really nobody, yeah. other than watching it and going, oh, I see some gaps and holes or whatever. Anybody who know, has any concept of it can do that. Right. Um, actually stepping in and fighting, my fight four years in was the first time my parents had any clue of like what I'd be able to do. Um, and I was fighting third that night and the first guy got knocked out cold. So that made my parents a little bit nervous. I guess, yeah, I guess my, so. Like, what are you doing? We had, a, we had a, we had an opening combo plan. Um, cause the amateurs, it, you know, there's no film. So a right. guy could be just, you know, freak out, tense up and just start brawling. Or he could be a really talented and skilled guy. So we prepared for both. And the opening combo that we had planned was to indicate that. And then as soon as I locked in, my dad's like, Oh, and he's in. We got this, and and so I ended up winning by unanimous decision, um, and uh, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. For, uh, you know, two weeks later, I, I I'm, I'm trying to sit down, and I have my hand on my thigh, and I had this weird bump on my on my quad. I sent a picture to my trainer. I said, "Hey, what's this?" 
And then he goes, that doesn't look right. You That's should probably not... go get checked. Yeah. Just... And I was like, all right. So it apparently it had it torn and curled up, which is why I had like a little bump over my, over my thigh, you know, kind of had to take some time off. I uh, tried to box and like just work on my hands and keep, you know, improving and um, just the, the weight shifting and the movement after a couple of barring, uh, sparring, boxing, sparring sessions, it kind of got a bit um, uh, uh, weak. It, it wasn't super painful. I just didn't feel like I had that bounce that I needed. Yeah. So I took, I really took time off and thought, you know, I like to sing. I think it's a fun, you know, for a guy who's not a singer, I felt like I can sing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so I picked up the guitar to at least, you know, kind of accompany myself uh, a little bit. And um, as I started doing it more and more, people started liking it more and more and asked me to do it at parties and stuff. And, yeah. Um, Sorry. Before, like, you know what? It, before, before that, had you taken a punch or had you like fought before? Like, is there a reason like to get into MMA? Because sometimes when you, when people get into MMA, it, it's like, uh, it's like, you got to like get rid of some, some angst or maybe you'd been in a couple of fights, but I like had before that, had you just like, have you fought anybody or cause I've been in a couple no. fights and like, I've been scared shitless. Uh, I get in a fight and taking a punch. Nobody likes taking a punch, but it's just, you no, know. no, you don't like taking a punch. No. Um, but no, not really. I, I was just ultra competitive. Yeah. And yeah. I thought like, you know, moving away from, I always identified as an athlete. So you know, moving away from sports that I knew I, I kind of didn't really have, you know, much of a future in. Mm. Um, I thought MMA, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was the most extreme competition you can, you can do. It's literally one-on-one and combat, you know. Um, I, had, I had kicked, so I, I started MMA and then I, I, had, I went to Stajep and I was kicking football and that was fun. Um, and I don't know, you know, I think about it now. Um, I was like, you know, had I stuck with it, I only played one season, but had I stuck with it, it'd be really interesting to see what would have happened from that. I I feel like, you know, I had only been doing it for a few months when I made my decision patch. I I paused MMA for a bit and went to kick and took some lessons on how to kick a, a football rather than a soccer ball and had a kicking coach. Um, and I was doing towards the, towards the end of the season, I felt like I was really getting into it. Like I was really figuring it out and getting confidence and, and things like that. So I had planned on playing a second season, but just kind of being the kicker, I was like, I'm missing that adrenaline of competition. You know, it's like you get a, yeah. one kick, you know, it's all the adrenaline, you got to do it. And then you, 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 you succeed or you fail and then it's over. And it's like, well, fuck now, what am I going to do? Like, so I missed the, the, the idea of competition. So I went back to MMA and that's when I fought. Um, uh, but it was just, it was really just for the competition. I saw it yeah. as, as ultimate, uh, um, a compete really more than, more than a fight. I saw it as a sport, um, where it's like the risks are a lot higher. Um, and, uh, and it, so it gave me that, that kind of, Wes, is that why you don't want to? Is that why you don't want to know if he, uh, you know, touched your drum set because the guy's a fighter <laughs> in the past? So you just you like, want to I touch my drum set, buddy? Go crazy! <laughs> I don't need a flying monkey kick to the head. No. 
Uh, yeah, so some late night, you know, you're always got to rest, not always, but you got to have a couple of wrestling matches with your buddies, like late night. I know I used to have a roommate way back in the day. I'm old, I'm 41, but when I was like early 20s, my buddy was an MMA fighter and, and he was huge, but I'd be like, oh yeah, a couple of beverages, a couple of Ryan Cokes, you know, I can yeah. fight and I'm in a pretzel and I don't even know it yet. Like I'm just, yeah. just, just like this, just sideways, so... Well, we used to do. I had all my friends were into the UFC. Yeah. So we would do UFC's whoever great right parents now too. were. Sorry. The UFC is great right now too. It's, oh yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, but we would do whoever's parents were out of town. Instead of throwing these crazy parties, we would all get together at somebody's house and go in the basement and do what we called fight night, which was just grappling. Yeah. Which I, I was obviously training in with the the my least. Um, successful i guess uh um uh, style yeah so it's not like i was blowing anybody out of the water um and especially when you're training for people who know what they're doing when you train when you try to grapple with people who don't it's everything's weird um so we ended up yeah we ended up going to whoever's parents were out of town we would go to the basement and and do these these fight nights um, just fuck up some drywall grappling and stuff so Yes, and then one, two guys went at it who didn't like each other from we were in high school, and two guys didn't like each other, and so the one guy had him in a choke on his back, standing up, and he flung him against the wall, and his elbow di- went made a nice hole in the in the drywall, and I asked my buddy um, if if that hole is still there, and he said yes. So still, still parents still live in that house, and that, and there's still that. Uh, there's still the elbow mark in the in the drywall. Still the still the memory. <laughs> yeah, just, Showing it back. Just keep it there. You just get they gotta go they gotta go sign it. Um, um that's great. And then now you guys are uh in Nashville, but leading up to that, it was more so, you know, you had you had the injury, you started playing uh guitar. What was your guitar acumen before that and your and your and your voice? Like you mentioned you're not a singer, but then you know, you start playing guitar probably a little bit of the competitiveness comes in learning some learning some scales learning some guitar overall yeah well i'll tell you that playing guitar uh is way better than uh than getting punched in the face so yeah um it yeah. ended up working out pretty good and i got when i wanted to make the switch over to really pursue music i got uh my mom's support um right away yeah so that's cool uh both my parents really and um that was it. So no, I, I, I just decided like I seen BB King play and thought that that was really cool. Ooh. And it he seemed like, you know, this is how stupid I was. It seemed relatively simple because he wasn't, I've never seen anybody play well, what I know now is lead lines in between singing. And I, I now know this is a very old school blues thing, but I'm like, Oh wow. He's not even playing guitar and singing at the same time, whatever he's, and he's playing what one note at a time that that's, I can do that. So I, I get a guitar teacher and I go start learning guitar. He, I didn't even have, like I had a, a I think my mom had like an, like a two stick playing around. So I would kind of mess around with it a little bit, but um, I went and bought an electric, the same kind of the ep- Epiphone version of what BB King was playing. And my guitar teacher was like, well, you know, get something that you like, something that is going to excite you. Cause you know, the first six months of learning guitar sucks. Mm. So I'm like, okay. So I bought a little amp and I bought a, a an electric. And he's like, so what? What inspired you to learn guitar? And I'm like, BB King. And so I wanted to learn what he was doing. So I'm like, 
He goes, cool. He goes, you know any chords? I go, no, but I go, does BB King play chords? And he's like, probably not. You know, he's like, he, just, he doesn't. I go, cool. I don't need chords. He's like, well, no, you're going to need chords to know, understand, you know, kind of how it all goes together. And I'm like, no, it's cool. I just want to do what BB's doing. He's like, <laughs> that's a that's like, a bravado okay, now, that's that montreal dude, bravado right you you got yeah, you got maybe. this you know <laughs> yeah or just stupidity <laughs> it could also just be my stupidity yeah, um but uh yeah it, it seems it seems simple and and so uh I, and i still uh i still can't play like bb so. well yeah that's the, that. <laughs> yeah you and everybody else that plays guitar too right <laughs> west so so chicago so i'm a big bulls fan like every other person you know who grew up in the 90s oh, huge yeah. huge jordan fan so you play in, uh, you play in drum. How does that, uh, how does that come about? Like I obviously, you guys met in Nashville, but you just rocking the drums and you look like you're just having a blast there. I only saw one of your guys shows and that was when I was in Peterborough. I live in Peterborough. Um, so I brought you know, my wife and her sister and her husband out there. So we just had, we had a blast and it, you just look like you're just, and I've seen your videos, of course, uh, your videos, you just look like you're having a great time. So give me a little bit of a, a background on that. Yeah, man. I, um, Growing up, like, my dad, he was always, like, the music guy. He had long hair, played guitar. Cool, yeah. Just, like, my big rock star hero. I have an older brother. Um, Great guitar player. We're, like, yeah? We're, yeah, he's a killer. We're, like, a year, year and a couple months apart. Okay, that's cool. But we're always his best buds, like, you know, nice. Batman and Robin. I was always player, you know, player one, I'm always player two. <laughs> okay. And my dad is he older? Is, is he older? Yeah. Okay, so you my were brother, Luigi. Yeah. You were Luigi then. Yeah. You always oh, had to play always. with Luigi. Yeah, big Luigi guy. <laughs> and uh, it sucked. And, and we just, you know, drums. It, I got my first drum kit. I was four years old. Um, it was like one of them little toy ones. My mom like put Robin logos on it. Nice. My brother's Batman. That's and, like, cool, man. That just kept me like, holy shit! Like this is awesome. And, uh, and then as we got older, I got my first like real drum kit when I was six for like a birthday party. It's like, here's the big reveal and I'm a kid and I'm just like, yo. And, and then my dad would have his friends come by every couple, you know, or, you know, once a week or whatever. And they would just sit around and like drink beers and jam. And at the time as a kid, I was just like, holy, like my dad is playing. He's not trying to go out and do the bars. He's not trying to be the rock star, but he's, they're just hanging out, learning like sublime tunes and red hot chili peppers and like you know hendrix and i just like so i grew up like super classic rock like everything and then i just never put it down i just was always like drums were always first i've never done like sports i've never got punched in the face <laughs> like i've always just played drums and, that's good uh, have you ever been punched and then I, never <laughs> not that i know <laughs> i don't remember if i did <laughs> But I, it was just always a thing. And then, like, as we got older, like, my brother and I, we had a buddy, and we all just started playing music. We taught him how to play bass. And we, we never had a singer. We are always too bashful to sing. We never thought we had, you know, never found our voice. So yeah. we were this three-piece instrumental band covering everything from, like, Blink-182 to, like, Black Sabbath to, like, Sweet. you know, we just we, – we did everything. And, and then, you know, as I grew up, like, got a little older, when I was in high school, I was in, like, a ska punk band. Yeah, that awesome. was, We had a horn section. <laughs> nice. And and so I've just I've always just been grinding and playing. And then early, you know, my early mid twenties, I was like in a wedding like corporate band. Okay. You know, so we're wearing suits and playing all these places. And 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 after so long of all that, in different situations, I was like, my girlfriend is originally from Nashville. We met in Chicago, so I was like, let's go to Nashville. I was like, I think I got to get out of here. 
and then we did. And then my first couple months here, it was September. So like three months later, we had a tornado go through Germantown where I live. And then uh, this is just north of the city. And then the shutdown was two weeks later. So my first like six months here was just trying to grind, trying to grind. And then it was like, boom, shutdown. Mm. So I just kept playing. And again, like I've just always loved it. And then when I got a chance to play on the tour, it was just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, there's no way I can not act like I'm having the best time of my life. Well, yeah. Cause I'm literally having the yeah. best time of my life. Yeah. So. It looks that way. Weston. Yeah. Weston come on. Um, and this is what I think was so cool. Uh, Weston come on to play drums. He came on to do some content stuff. Just hang. Okay. Um, I am, believe it or not, I am, I, I'm quite an introvert unless I'm surrounded with, you know, someone or people I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, you know, the, the doors fly open. And um, I think even just for not really knowing anybody, because I've been in Nashville, you know, I know that all the, the Canadian guys, you know, have either toured together or, or seen each other around. They've been in it for, for longer than I have. So it felt like a cool thing to not only capture stuff for, obviously for, for content, but, even having, you know, my, my, a buddy with me mm-hmm. go through this, cause you know, alone would have been a bit challenging probably. Um, and you know, and so we, the house, the house band, Jesse had to leave the tour and, uh, you know, West, West stepped in and, and that's what really made the whole, the whole thing, you know, the last eight, seven or eight shows made it so cool because, you know, I had somebody who had my back, when I'm I'm going out in these arenas and it's it's crazy, but it's like cool. I got I got a piece of home with yeah, me. Yeah, that's nice. And we actually get to do it together. It changes the whole the whole dynamic and the whole vibe for sure. And and obviously we play together. He knows you know we know each other really really well as far as like when I'm gonna do something, when he's gonna do something, and so it just makes the song sound more cohesive anyway. Um, and I think Jesse did a great job, uh, but you know Jesse had to learn my songs, Sean's songs, JoJo's songs, and we didn't really have the time to all sit together and go, actually, what we do different live on this punch or on this thing is, is so, you know, he, he played he played incredibly well, you know, according to the, the tracks, but obviously you can't, in two days of rehearsal, you can't, you know, re- replicate what we've been doing for a year. So having him be able to come on and really I get to not only, A, feel comfortable because we've been at it for a month, but, on top of that, now my songs get to sound live even more so the way I, I feel like we wanted to it to be represented. I think was was a really cool thing. So I'm glad you got to see, mm-hmm. you know, in Peterborough the ones where where he was playing because that I think really was the sort of Manny Blue um, show or experience or whatever you want to call it. That's good. You just put the light up in the yeah. sky. I eh? the Robin light instead of the bat. You just like I need Robin, yeah, baby. Exactly. Exactly. Sun came down. Um, Here's the thing that, so I was listening to the podcast yesterday. It's Derek Thompson on, uh, it's called Play in English with Derek Thompson. It's on the Ringer Network. And they said right now is the first time in music history where there's more of an investment in previous music than there is in newer music. So it's like guys, companies buying up a lot of these old catalogs. So, you know, those are more valuable not necessarily more valuable, but they're getting the uh, higher return on investment from a lot of these old catalogs. And then, you know, you're obviously able to stream that, stream that music. So the investment in a new artist is quite more significant than doing that. So 
you guys being like young musicians, um, coming into your own, living down in Nashville, doing your thing, working your ass off, driving around in Jeeps, playing music around the city at the, at the top of it. Like, what do you guys like, you know, I know your labels behind you and you have a lot of, um, support, but what, like, what's like, how are you guys looking to separate yourselves differently than just from your music? Is there like, is there an approach that you guys are taking or like what's the competitiveness must be off the charts, especially in Nashville. Yeah. Sorry if I didn't phrase that properly, but I think you know where I'm going. No, no, no. Um, I think it's, I mean, I, I, I've always been a little bit outside the box and I think, you know, coming out and calling it country punk was, was, yeah. um, quite defining. I think, I moved away from having to talk about it just because, you know, we've had the success. It's, it's a, it's, it's a thing. If you want it to be a thing, if not, it's just really like, you know, it's, it's country rock mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I take a lot of pop punk style, sound, influence, whatever it is, because that's, you know, what I think is, is really cool. And it's having sort of a, a, re, a resurgence or a revival, I guess, um, in the last couple of years. So I think there's, there's a bit of that. It's just, being ourselves and and just kind of being consistent with it right yeah. and and just being undeniable every time you step out and um you know whether it's you know, a couple of shows in carolina to seven people or whether it's an arena up in canada to thousands of people i mean the, the idea is you got to put on a show yeah um and you know you you, got, you want the seven people that come out to you know whatever to go this was fucking cool mm. um mm-hmm. you know we're not a lot of guys on stage by design i mm-hmm. think it's it's easier to roll around first of all um and it is just cool and you know what I, i've been you know i've been down here for three or four years and had very various um styles within the band uh whether we had a keyboard guy one time or two guitars or one whatever it is and nobody really understood what it was that i was trying to to get to until i met west and that's why mm. i think it, we gel so quick on a personal level yeah. on a friendship but as well as music collaborators. And we had a band leader at one time um, who is our guitar player who'd been with me since I moved to Nashville. Um, and he kind of, you know, as we started getting rid of guys that weren't showing up doing, you know, either knowing the songs or just they weren't showing up for the gig, you know, correctly. Um, he was the last man standing sort of. And so he by default became the, the band leader and, quickly as we got into rehearsals and started getting ready for shows, you know, Wes and I are, are vibing on ideas and he was like, well, let's just, you know, guys, let's while we're thinking, let's, it's like, we do, it's a show. Mm. You got to think of everything. Cause then it's like, you get there and then it's like, well, you know, we want to do an acoustic thing. Well, where's the stool going to be? Who's going to bring that stool? You know, like that's not overthinking. That's just trying to put on a flawless show. True professional, and professional. As I wanted to, to do different things and I'm, you know, I, I'm looking around at what's going on. That's kind of what I got to do. Um, and then take, you know, all these thoughts and ideas and bring it into, you know, what, what is my show or what is our sound or what is whatever it, we want it to be. Mm. Uh, guys are starting to fall behind because they're stuck in, well, in what they think we should do or what, you know, Wes was always a guy who was like, let's fucking try it. Let's just see what happens. And we can try it and we can fucking you know, do this thing in, in this part of the show and just see how that felt. Uh, or let's just do a show like this and see if we enjoy doing it for 30 minutes this way or that way or, or with these thoughts. So, you know, it, it became really easy when, you know, we kind of got rid of 
everybody started from scratch and said, let's, you know, Wes is my guide moving forward. Um, and we're able to go play a show, just the two of us, and, and, and kick ass. And it's about performance. It's about ownership. It's about accountability. Um, but ultimately just having fun. But you got you to gotta know your shit before you have fun. Mm. And, I, and I think we put in the work to do that. So um, I, I just think, you know, if you listen to the music and especially what we've got, what we're working on right now, um, or you come to a live show, it, it is different. And I think it's just about doing that, you know, re- repeatedly um, and, and to the point that you're on the novel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because people want to put you in a box, right? Whatever that, whatever that is. Music is music is music. Kind of whatever, whatever that might be, and whatever that looks like. And you know, who's getting a lot of country now? It almost sounds like a little bit of hip hop. You know, it almost sounds like right. you got like a punk vibe. I mean, a little bit more, a little bit more matter. rock. Like, what yeah. is what is country now? It's whatever these amazing artists like yourselves are coming out and creating. So, yeah. what is that? It's yours. It's theirs. It's it, whatever it might be. I like that. The biggest, thing, the biggest thing too, man. I would say, like, especially being in Nashville and playing music or playing music wherever you're at, Chicago, Canada, wherever you're at. It's just like you gotta give a shit and you gotta just care about what you're doing and you gotta, like, for me personally, like, just it just never shuts off. It's always thinking about like the next step, playing drums, what we're doing, where we're going, you know. And that's why it's like you know, okay, let's run the set. Let's see how we feel. Don't like it. Don't like this song. Add this song. Like, we get to play music at the end of the day. We get to hang out yeah. and, and, and create and, and come up with cool parts. And, and and so, like, yeah, that's the thing about, like, just being down here. And even if it's just, it's just showing up, playing our asses off, knowing our parts, giving a shit, having a good time, wearing too much black. <laughs> and, and and that's it you know and, and i'm just i'm super grateful it just i we just have non-stop fun and i love what we get to do well you can tell and and so much about music is it's contagious and you know meeting people like i said when i first met you guys you know your your vibes your energies uh it's contagious and then you see that now just even chatting with you now but then on stage and then you're talking about you guys are probably just thinking you know, Jordan and Pippen, man. You're just thinking like the same That's thing. Right, yep. You know, you're just kind of looking lying. like Rodman, though. <laughs> <laughs> looking like hell yeah. Looking like Rodman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great. Hey man, he's a he's a top seventy five dude. He kind of did it his own way, man. He, Madonna, Carmel, I'm just kidding. I you know, you guys are traveling now, and so correct me if I'm wrong here. I see. So you've been doing a little bit of globe trotting here. Nashville on the second, Montreal on the twelfth. So you just finished your Nashville now. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. Montreal on the twelfth, and then London on the twenty fourth. So I saw you on your yeah. on the Instagram there on the Instagram. Yeah, I saw you on the Instagram and uh, saw, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> on Instagram twelve. So you got globe trotting, and now both of you, both of you are are going yep. correct. Both of you are yeah. Yes. Okay. That's pretty yeah. cool. Three countries in one in one month. Now you know. A couple of years ago, did you think this is a possibility, or are you just now you're just like, okay, fuck, we're kind of we're doing our thing. Now we want to work harder. Keep that up. Yeah. No, I I think um, when I came to Nashville, you know, being Canadian, the first question was, do you want to just do stuff in Canada and work down here and then go up there for shows? And I said. I said, no, I said, I want to, I want to do us. I want to do Canada. I want to do wherever else it takes us. And we had gotten some really cool support on a song called old money up in the UK. Um, 
before the pandemic. Uh, so there was, it looked like it was going to come together. And then you know, obviously the pandemic kind of tore it all apart. So, I mean, it was always an idea, you know, I'd go to Australia, I'd go to anywhere that has, you know, country festivals or shows or tours, rock festivals or shows or tours. Um, we would, we could, we would, that's the idea. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, like being Canadian and having done stuff in Canada, obviously the opportunities, you know, like the something's never changed tour where we're in arenas, we're on a tour bus, you know, you, you kind of want that and, and you want to get used to it. Exactly. You want to get, you know, used to that. And that's really cool. But then we came down, you know, 10 days later, we came down to, to Nashville and did a three day Carolina run and, we're in a van with no AC to in a bar with, with not a lot of people. And that's just kind of part of the Oof. the thing where, um, it, you know, you kind of just got to roll with, with whatever, whatever's happening. But yeah, the idea was to always kind of be more of an international global kind of artist. Um, as long as the opportunities came and, and we've built our team, our unit to be able to, um, do that when the opportunities show up, just be able to go, Hey, we got a show here. We got a tour there. We got to run over there, you know, like whatever it is and, and we can, we can pack up and go and, and, and just be super um, self-sustaining. Is that the word? Yep. Self-sustaining yeah. and, and, and be able to put on the, the best show we can. Yeah. Again, it's that, brav- that bravado, that bravado, the Montreal bravado and the Ch- Chicago, the Chicago confidence there. Chicago. I got, so I've never been in Nashville. Never been sh- <laughs> the, <laughs> the bears are struggling. That's for sure. The bears are. <laughs> are struggling um but man i'm happy for you guys i'm super pumped that i uh i got a chance to to meet you and uh and yeah it was a great three weeks for me and then you know just get the chance chat with you and then and then doing this um so yeah i appreciate it so what's yeah so what's like so what's so you're going to london 24th tell me what you got left for the for this calendar year and then anything planned for 2023 Give me any any little super. Yeah, we're working secrets, on uh, secrets. Well, I I don't know if it's a secret. I mean, we're we're okay. there's no date or any or any any kind of idea behind it, but we're working on new music. I want to get um a full length album going, but I don't want to. You know, this we're working very different on this one. Well, I think every every project I've done has been very different, but um we're really taking the time to make sure everything's right, everything's correct. We're, we're you know we're stripping everything down and starting from scratch and. Um, with no kind of end date, you know, we've always kind of worked with like, it'd be cool to put something out in the spring and then we work towards that. But this time it's kind of just like, it'll be what it'll be, but the songs have to have to, you know, I want to, you know, if it's 12, 14 songs, 10 songs, they, I want them all to hit nonstop and, and legitimately be undeniable. Um, and so a lot of it that we got, uh, Got another show in Nashville in September, and then I get married in October. Um, so, yo, are October's you gonna, kind of yo like fighting. Are you gonna make weight? You gonna, you gonna make weight? Your dad was done. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you actually. Saw- I'm out. I'm on the I'm on the decline now, so I'm really pumped about that. Okay. Um, but we're, we're we're good. So and we tried on tour. We too. did. We really tried. We did. It, it didn't get as bad as a, as I as I was afraid it would. So Yo, we're, we're, we were we were all right. I was at a wedding. Um, I was at a wedding two two weeks ago. Yeah, maybe two weekends ago. And uh, I had I was the best man at a wedding two years prior to that and I had a custom suit made but I'm just like yo this isn't gonna fit me so I just had it didn't even try on the pants and I just had them taken out an inch and a half 
And then it's like an hour before we're leaving for the wedding. I think I'm good. And I just pull up these pants and they are just Ginsu tight, man. And then I roll into the wedding. I was Johnny straight. I couldn't do anything because it was too, there wasn't enough time. So I'm just Johnny straight legs, basically the whole, <laughs> the whole, the whole wedding. I couldn't move. I was like, damn. But anyways, back to, uh, so back to, so you got yeah, the wedding yeah, yeah, coming yeah, no, up. You're good. Uh, yeah, wedding October. So we kind of, plan october for that and uh honeymoon and all that and then probably you know more studios so anytime we're in nashville kind of just hanging um is going to be dedicated to to the studio so no, we're not overpacking with with shows for the end of the year because we really want to work on on this record and um you know having you know the, the thing is it's always been me and a producer me and a producer me and, a, and now you know having a guy like wes who knows we like the same shit we just out of out of the gate we just we enjoy the same thing with the same concept and ideas for a lot of things whether it's show or songs um and so having him in the studio you know helping with with uh you know a lot of the songs has been has been really really great so this experience has been unreal and we we've only gotten you know a couple of the the sort of uh working demos back but um it's gonna be a lot of fun so i'll, I'll we're, we're we're probably gonna be bu- Hunker down in the studio for the for the last little bit of the year. Honey, play me close like butter, play toast. As you guys right there, just butter, <laughs> butter and toast. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, boys, um, I'm pumped for you. I'm pumped for uh, for everything that happens in the future. I've been rocking to your music. I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to be. I'll fully admit, I'm not a country guy because I feel like there's so unless like somebody makes me like a nice country mix and then I like that, but sure. there's so, so much, but then of course I was, uh, you know, while I was on the road, started listening to you guys and, uh, yeah, it's great, man. And so I've continued, you know, shared it a lot with, uh, a lot of my friends. So yeah, I wish, I wish you guys oh, yeah. the, the best of luck. I, I like, I just, again, I think there's so much to be said about character, um, in, you know, I don't know the music industry, but just as just as a whole, you know, going forward, and uh, seems like you got the right attitude to just make it big, not make it big, but make it your make it your own, and then just yeah. have no plateau and just and do your own thing. So I love that. I oh, love baby. that. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Okay, boys. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks again. Uh, happy Thursday. And then, uh, yeah, have a good weekend. And then uh, for the rest of the year, uh, again, congr- or congratulations on the wedding. Um, and then wherever uh, you do go on your honeymoon, I hope you have a safe trip. And then uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, catching up with you guys sometime in, uh, in the future as well. For sure. Heck yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you got it. My pleasure, boys. Good seeing you. Good to see you, buddy. buddy. Take have care. Take care. Peace. Thanks for listening, mofos. There's going to be a lot more coming up with the program scotty's car diaries and as well as more not enough mike so thanks again for listening i appreciate it and love you all talk soon peace not enough mics you son of a bitch not enough mike not enough mike jackson tyson jordan